2: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the NFL Week 8 episode of the Bacon Bets podcast. The road to 272 bets continues. 272 NFL regular season games. 272 bets. Uh, This was a tough one. Week 7, I would classify it as the week that could have been, is what I would call uh, this past week. If you listen to last week's episode of the podcast, there were three teams specifically that I said every part of my being wants to bet on these three teams But I can't find any kind of metrics to back it up. Those three teams were the Patriots, the Broncos, and the Giants. And not only did those three teams cover as underdogs, they won outright as underdogs. I also said I was deciding between two different teams for my upset pick of the week. I either was deciding between um, the Chargers to upset the Chiefs or the Vikings to upset the 49ers. I went with the Chargers to upset the 49ers. And uh, that was the wrong choice as well. And it turns out they lost. Outright did not cover, and the Vikings won outright on Monday Night Football. So as a result, the worst week of the season, unfortunately. 5-8, and eight minus 3.38 units. Uh, it ends the streak of three straight profitable weeks. But hey, when you bet on every single NFL regular season game, and even if you don't, even if you bet on only a small handful of games each week, you're going to have bad weeks. And this was uh, hopefully... The worst week of the season now uh, so minus 3.38 units that but the bright side is we are still hanging in the profit barely but profitable nonetheless our season to date record sits at 54 50 and two for plus 1.5 units if you followed only my best bets then you actually had a winning week my best bets last week went three and two i won ravens i won seahawks i won vikings uh i lost Packers and I lost Chargers. The teaser one as well, Tz Viking or sorry, the Falcons up from plus two and a half to plus eight and a half against the Bucks. They won outright, so that was easy. And the Seahawks from minus seven and a half down to minus no, from minus eight. It must have been down to minus two. I have here in my notes. Regardless, the Seahawks cover the normal spread. So if you tease it down, no matter what number you got of that that hit as well uh, survivor pick I gave out two last week my obvious pick if you wanted to go with an obvious one was the Seahawks that one easy uh, my sneaky bet was the Raiders uh, in my defense though I didn't know Jimmy Garoppolo was going to be out and if Jimmy Garoppolo was going to be out I assumed it was going to be Aiden O'Connell starting it wasn't it was Brian Hoyer for some reason and the Raiders suck with Brian Hoyer um so there you have it. Uh, if you followed any of my best bets or teasers or anything like that, you probably had a good week. If you tailed all of my picks, it was a tough one, unfortunately. Um, but hey, we're not going to slow down. We're still profitable. We're still looking all right. Um, I do want to point out... Um, I don't know if I can say this person's name. I did tweet it. I don't know if, if you guys saw this uh, when I tweeted it out. I'll, I'll leave out the person's name. Uh, I got an email today, and I don't... I, I will occasionally get people sending me emails to my work email. I don't think that's public information. I mean, it must be because they find it somewhere. Uh, but I received this email. Uh, usually it's just Twitter DMs, but I received an email this week and it said, Ian, do you actually do any research before opening your mouth? We beat KC, Green Bay, and Tampa on the road. This is a Detroit Lions fan who was very upset that I picked the Ravens last week. We beat. Chiefs, Packers, and Tampa Bay on the road. Tampa Bay is still leading their division, and the Lions are the only team with a win over another five and one team. These are not the old Lions. Branch Brian Branch is going to be all over the field in this Lions win. The Ravens Super Bowl announcement is going to be delayed another week. Cheers. Um, I did not respond, but I got very giddy when I got this email because, first of all, it's generally kind of funny for someone, and people always say this. One of the classic go-to lines uh, when you get chirped as someone who works in sports media and makes predictions is, do you actually do any research? And almost 100% of the time, nine times out of 10, they follow up that statement by citing box scores. It's like, no, the stats I cite, like EPA and net yards per play and success rate, none of those things are research, I guess. But what is research is just listing off the teams that they beat. We beat Chiefs, Packers, and Tampa. Great research. Uh, but I, I withheld of responding to this email. But I do get giddy, because usually whenever I get any, like, d- vicious... Well, this is not... A, I mean, all that... It wasn't vicious. But any time I get, like, direct DMs or emails from people who are overconfident that I'm wrong, that makes me even more confident in my pick. Of course, the Ravens had the biggest ass-kicking of the week. Uh, absolutely destroyed the Lions. I responded Sunday after the game. Dear, blank, LOL cheers ian um i will say i didn't tweet out the final part but there was a final follow-up to this and i guess they were kind of a uh, a good sport but uh, let me see here fair play we sucked thought it was going to be a fun physical game instead it was a lamar show hopefully you run it back in the super bowl send for my iphone um (laughs) i mean fair enough for that response um didn't respond to the fact that uh, they asked me if I actually do any research before opening my mouth. I obviously do research. Some people, to be fair, some people in the sports media world don't, which uh, I'm going to rant about in a little bit when I talk about the Bills game. Um, won't get into that too much now. Uh, it is the week eight episode of the Bacon Bets podcast. Uh, happy spooky Tober. I got my spooky sweater on. If you're watching this on YouTube, and if you're not, head over to YouTube and search up the bacon bets podcast and you'll be able to see this wonderful spooky kitten sweater i got we got a couple kitty cats on there with uh, some uh, spooky hats and a spooky sweater design it's like a ugly christmas sweater except it's halloween version i love halloween it's my favorite holiday of the entire year um and i guess i will be recording the next episode i'll be recording the day before halloween so we got one more we got two spooky episodes coming up how about that it is week eight of the season. There are no teams on bye week, which I think is strange, unless my memory uh, is wrong. I don't remember there being like a random week in the middle of the season, which is usually during bye week part of the season with no teams on bye. So 16 games, uh, 16 picks. Um, I did golf Beth Page Black today. If you saw my tweet about that, I shot a 112. Um, not a good time to not play well maybe not golfing for a month and a half before playing Beth page black wasn't a great idea it uh, was a lot of fun but 112 not ideal um, I will say progress so old Ian would have snapped a couple of golf clubs I did not snap any golf clubs no golf clubs today were hurt in the process of shooting a 112 so I am proud of that growth I'm getting old. You can't snap clubs. Once, once you hit 30 years old, your, your, your club snapping days are, are behind you, unfortunately. Subscribe to the podcast. Rate and review it. All that good stuff. Buckle up, friends. It's time to get back on track. It is the NFL Week 8 episode of the Bacon Bets podcast. Let's go. No, Lisa, the only monster here is a gambling monster that has enslaved your mother. I call him Gamblor, and it's time to snatch your mother from his neon claws. More More
1: bacon than the pan can handle. More bacon than the pan can handle. More bacon than the pan can handle. More bacon than the pan can handle. Utility man.
2: Alright, as always, my friends, we're gonna start man. with Thursday night football game. It is the Tampa Buccaneers taking on the Buffalo Bills. Now, before I get into my pick, now and it is gonna become very obvious what team I'm betting on here, but I want to go on a little mini rant here because I think it's fair to say I have become pretty decent at pointing out what teams are fraudulent across several different sports over the past few years. It's kind of become my thing to point out the fraudulent team, say they're fraudulent, and by the end of the year, I'm justified and proven correct. There is one team that now I'm hearing across Twitter and other forms of sports media, people are pointing to as calling frauds, and I'm here to defend that team. That is the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are not a fraudulent team. The definition of a fraudulent team is a team that has a very good record that a lot of people think are good, but when you look at their underlying statistics and metrics, they actually aren't nearly as good as their good record indicates. I've taken it a step further this year. I've ranked the top five fraudulent teams each week, and you have probably seen the Buffalo Bills have not been on that list because they are actually in some sense the opposite. They are a team that doesn't have a good record right now or that good of a record, but their metrics are very good. So they can't be fraudulent. They don't have that good of a record. You usually have to have a pretty good record in order to be a fraudulent team, or you have to have bad metrics. The Bills don't have that. I would call the Bills unlucky. I would say that we're going to see some regression to the point we're going to see them string some impressive wins together. They are not a fraudulent team. And you can't just call them a fraudulent team by saying, oh, they don't win games. They've lost some games this season they probably should have won. Therefore, they're fraudulent. No, that's variance, my friends. That is not fraudulence, that is variance. Sometimes things happen, especially in sports, especially in the sport of football. Let me, let me bring up this webpage here, and it's one that I've referenced a few times on the podcast already this season. Great website. I recommend going to check it out yourself, rbsdm.com. We're looking at some offensive numbers here. This is uh, Rush EPA per play uh, is the Y-axis. Dropback EPA per play uh, is the X-axis. Look at the bills over there. They're kind of in a league of their own there with the Dolphins and the 49ers. A fraudulent team would be a team that'd be sitting at, like, 5-2, and two, for example, and not be anywhere in the upper right-hand quadrant of this graph. Let me find a fraudulent team here for you on this list, just by looking at this. Uh, the number one team that I've ranked the past couple weeks, I don't know if they're going to be number one this week, but the Jacksonville Jaguars who people after this past week are crowning contenders in the AFC. Look where they rank in these two stats. Not very impressive. So I would call a team like the Jaguars fraudulent. People who still believe in the Bengals. Now, they don't have a good enough record, in my opinion, for them to be extremely fraudulent, but look where the Bengals rank. Fraudulent. Not as good as the record. The Bills. Their record should be much better than their metrics. By definition... They aren't fraudulent. Now, to be fair, I'll play both sides of this. Their defense isn't as impressive as as their offense, specifically their ability to stop the run, and that's something I'll talk about when I talk about this game against the Buccaneers. But make no mistake about it, my friends. The Buffalo Bills are a good football team, and they are not fraudulent. They've had bad luck. They've had some bad decisions, some bad turnovers. But they will turn things around, and they're going to be considered by the end of the season a top contender in the AFC. And people who are calling them frauds don't understand what the word fraudulent means. I'm the king of frauds. Some might say I'm a fraud myself. It takes one to know one. The Bills are not a fraudulent football team. Which is why I'm betting them to win in cover against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Thursday night. Minus eight and a half. Minus 110 against the Buccaneers. Now, this is usually when the graphic comes up on YouTube. Why isn't this coming up? Oh, there we go. Bills minus eight and a half, minus 110. What is the one thing that, uh, that the Bills do struggle with? I just said it, stopping the run. What is the one thing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers can't do to save their lives? Run the football. It's really that easy. If you want to beat the Bills like teams have, like the Patriots did this past week, you can uh, pound the ball down their throat. But the Buccaneers rank uh, 31st um oh sorry yes 31st in yards per carry they're averaging just 3.1 yards per carry did last in rush success rate they are arguably the worst team at running the football so they don't have the ability to hit the bills where it hurts they'll have to once again try to win by throwing the ball with baker mayfield which didn't work last week against the falcons didn't work the week before against whoever it was they played when it bet against them not gonna work against the buffalo bills The Bills win in impressive fashion on Thursday night. Minus 8.5. Minus 110 at home. Allow me to remind you. Moving on, I'm getting my big upset pick out of the way early. Now, I've been very bad with my big upset pick so far this season. I recognize that. I made a big mistake taking the Chargers this past week when uh, I should have went with the Vikings instead. And I even said last week I was considering doing that. I should have, I guess, probably just taken both. But i'm going to take the rams plus 230 to upset the dallas cowboys you want to talk about fraudulent teams uh let's go ahead and bring up that graph i guess i didn't bring up the cowboys earlier let's go ahead and bring up that graph again here look where the cowboys rank not terrible uh their drop back uh, epa per play is pretty solid the rush epa per plays boat league average Certainly not nearly in the league of their own like the Bills, the, the Dolphins, the 49ers, and the Chiefs at least when it comes uh, to throwing the ball. Look who ranks above them, and especially, uh, actually kind of surprisingly, rush EPA per play is the LA Rams. The LA Rams are a dangerous football team that people still don't seem to respect. Heading into this week, the Rams rank ninth in the NFL in net yards per play, plus point zero, point .4. The Cowboys come in at 14th at 0. They're the only team that is at exactly 0 in net yards per play, heading into Week 8. Now, the Cowboys' defense is obviously very good. There's no denying that. There's a reason they're this big of a favorite at home. But I think the Rams, as long as Matt Stafford's healthy and that receiving core is healthy, they are a dangerous threat to beat anyone, any given week i will take a shot with them to win and upset the cowboys outright in dallas plus 230 let's talk my dirty birds my friends uh speaking of fraudulent teams not my falcons first of all Uh, but the titans were the fraudulent team of the year uh two years ago when they were then the worst one seed in afc history what happened didn't win a single playoff game shocking Falcons, Um, I'm going to talk a lot about running the football this week because there are a lot of teams that are very good at running the football, taking on teams who are very bad at stopping the run, and there are a lot of teams who are very bad or very good at running the ball but taking on good run defenses. This is the latter. 39.32% of the offensive yards gained by the Titans comes through running the football. That is the sixth highest rate in the NFL, and now they take on the Falcons who have... Arguably the best run defense in the NFL. Some metrics would say that. Now they are 10th in opponent yards per play. Or sorry, yards per carry. Teams are getting 3.7 yards per rush against them. Sixth in opponent rush success rate, but they are first in opponent rush EPA per play. So all metrics, they're top 10. One big metric in terms of rush EPA, they're first. Regardless, they are very, very good run defense. That might be actually the Falcons' biggest strength. And still, like I said last week when I was talking about my Falcons, we need to not push the panic button about this team. Desmond Rider, I mean, I don't know if I've ever... It's been a long time. I mean, I, I was about to say I don't know if I've ever watched a Falcons game more stressful than that. I've watched 50 Falcons games more stressful than that. It's been a while since I've watched one that was that big of a roller coaster, though. The ups and downs, we should have beat um, the Buccaneers by 50 points, and we are losing up until the last second drive. Three turnovers in the red zone. Three fumbles by Desmond Ritter in the end zone. Two of them on the one-yard line. One of them on the one-inch line. But we got the win. But he is... I don't know why Falcons fans and NFL fans don't have any patience with Desmond Ritter. He's made... Yeah, he's has he made mistakes earlier this year? Yes. But we're talking about a third-round draft pick who has had shown flashes of being a very good quarterback, makes some mistakes, and like seven weeks in, and they're like, bench him relax <coughs> he's still looking he's he's shown flashes of some great play i have faith in him i think the titans stink falcons 11th in the nfl in net uh, net yards per play falcons are a good team i've said it a handful of times this season they're not great they're a good team i think they should be field goal favorites in this game they are two-point favorites and so I will take the Falcons minus two. I don't think the Titans have much to offer offensively in what they do, which is by running the football. Um, the Falcons can stop that. So give me the Falcons minus two, minus one ten against the Titans. The Miami Dolphins, another team that some people are calling frauds, that I would not call frauds. Yes, do they need to do they need to beat a good team or at least you know play in a close game against a good team? The two really good teams they played played against the Bills and the Eagles crushed them. That's not promising, but still, I'm going to take them to winning cover minus nine, minus 110 against the Patriots, because we are looking at arguably the best offense in the NFL against the worst offense in the NFL. Now, I know what you're saying, Ian, the Patriots might be rolling, the Dolphins didn't look great against the Eagles, but I've said it time and time again, us NFL fans have short memories. One thing happens in one week and then that's we're convinced that's what those teams are it's like we completely forget the weeks and games that happened before it's like everyone just thinks about the most recent result the patriots stink yeah great game they played the perfect game against the bills there's absolutely no denying that um but still if you look at season-long numbers dolphins are averaging three more yards per play offensively miami is also first in epa per play patriots are dead last an EPA per play. It's going to have to be a pretty big spread for me to not want to bet on the best offense in the NFL against the worst offense in the NFL. It's really that simple. I'll take Dolphins minus 9, minus 110 against the Patriots. Vikings Packers should have took their money line uh, against the 49ers. I regret that, but I will once again be betting on the Vikings. I think this is now the sixth straight week. I think the only week I didn't bet on the Vikings, I think I took Bucks plus six in week one Uh, ever since then i've bet on the vikings every single week and i will continue to bet on the vikings until the odds makers set the line at a number that i think is fair for where i evaluate this vikings team i continue to think they are much better than their record indicates their numbers reflect that they were a top 10 team in net yards per play heading into week seven and then they beat the 49ers and oak gained them 6.8 yards per play to 6.1 yards per play all without justin jefferson Then there's the Packers who I've lost complete faith in. They are getting worse as the season goes on. They have a net yards per play of minus 0.4 over the last three games. And those games came against the Lions, the Raiders, and the Bears. Sure, the Lions are very good. Raiders and Bears, two of the worst teams in the NFL. Um, And uh, um, sorry, not Bears, Broncos. The Raiders and Broncos in their last two games. My notes had Bears. Uh, They beat the Bears early in the season. Um, so Raiders and Broncos still two of the worst teams in the NFL, and they could not beat either of them, and they have a negative net yards per play. Not good. Jordan Love has had chances to throw the ball against some of the worst secondaries in the NFL, and he still hasn't been able to produce. I will fade the Packers. I think this is an insulting line for the Vikings. I will take the Vikings' even money to upset at least slight upset. I wouldn't be surprised by the time I wake up tomorrow, Vikings are one point favorites instead of one point underdogs. But I'll take the Vikings even money regardless. I got another upset for you guys. How about this one? Not as big of a one, not as big of an upset. Uh, but we got to gain some ground back after losing uh, last week. So we're gonna go Panthers to get their first win of the season, plus one thirty against the houston texans i'm gonna buy low on them a little bit in the spot are the panthers a good team no but i think they're better than people think i don't think they're the worst team in the nfl i think the cardinals are our worst team i think that the commanders might be a worse team i think the giants could be a worse team um i think the bears could be a worse team uh, and But their biggest weakness has been uh, to stop the run. The run defense has been bad this season. 28th in opponent yards per carry. They are dead last in opponent rush success rate. But now they're taking on a Texans team that does not run the ball successfully. 29th in rush success rate, only averaging 3.2 yards per carry. Uh, I also think Bryce Young has looked better each game. Not significantly better each game, but I think he has taken steps forward every time that I've seen Bryce Young play. They're at home. They're coming off a buy. I guess to be fair, I guess the Texans are coming off a buy too. But still, um, I I like the Panthers in this spot. I think they get their first win of the season here. I'll take them at home plus 130. Next up, it is the battle of New York, um, or battle of New Jersey, whatever way you want to look at it. it, is the Jets and the Giants. This might be the ugliest bet of the week. I'm gonna go over 36 and a half at minus 110. Um, it's a a very similar reason for why I took the over in the Bears-Raiders game last week, which, to be fair, was lucky to hit by the end of it. But for a total to be in the mid-30s, like this one is at 36.5, even a point lower than the Bears-Raiders game, um, then I need the defenses on both teams to be elite. That is not the case. Because, yes, poor offense is one uh, part of a low total, but it should also include good defenses uh we know the giants defense isn't good i know they held the commanders only a touchdown last week um but no matter what metric you want to look at for the giants defense they stink and the jets defense um they were top three defense last season not so much this season uh don't listen to what people say about this jets defense they are as the kids say mid i might even go that far to say mid 16th in opponent epa per play 15th in opponent yards per play so you want to look at advanced metrics, you want to look at simple metrics, it doesn't matter. They have played very average football defensively. Numbers are numbers, they don't lie. Certainly not the type of defensive numbers I would come to expect or I'd want for a total in the mid30s. So it is an ugly bet. I don't certainly don't trust either offense, but I don't trust either defense either. So give me the over 36 and a half between the Jets and the Giants uh speaking of fraudulent teams um big fraud theme to the show today um i hate this game because this is a battle between two teams i hate two teams i think are fraudulent it is the jaguars and the steelers i don't want to take either of these teams and i don't like the total which is at 41 and a half 42 i'm gonna take the jaguars minus two and a half minus 112 now i will say I, have, I put the Jaguars at the top spot of my fraudulent rankings two straight weeks. But I will admit, when I, I don't get locked into these fraudulent rankings. Some people think that I just pick a team that I would just want to pick on, and then I just target them the entire season. That's not how this works. If new information comes in, I adjust. And the Jaguars on Thursday night last week against the Saints, that was an impressive win. Actually, I was even though I mean it was tied late. The Saints had a chance to even win the game and come from behind, but that was finally a game where I thought the Jaguars looked good and looked like they deserved to win the game. That was their first win the season. I thought they deserved to ha- actually have, and as a result, their metrics improved. If a team's going to improve their metrics, I'm going to st- I'm not going to keep calling them frauds. Now I still think they're frauds. They're probably going to still be on my fraud list. They won't be number one this week though. You know what team might be ranked higher? The Steelers, who still continue to find ways to win as underdogs week after week. I think it's Rob Pozzola who calls it Mike Tomlin voodoo. I don't know what's going on. I don't know how they do it, but the Steelers continue to win, and that pisses me off (laughs) because they, no matter what metric you look at, you want to look at um, EPA per play, success rate, You want to look at net yards per play, which is, they rank, let me check here, 27th in net yards per play this season. No matter what metric you want to look at, the Steelers are not a good football team, but they win continuously when they're set as underdogs. That pisses me off. Give me the Jaguars. The Jaguars are the only two teams to impress me at all this, or are the only of the two teams that has impressed me at any point this season, and it was last week, the Jaguars uh, impressive win over the Saints. So I'll take them. Minus two and a half, minus one twelve uh and there we go we are halfway through the game so i'll take a quick break uh, and i'll be right back in just a moment to break down the second half of the games and then i'll recap and give out my best bets be right back
0: the future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly but then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about that's why we've created the hefty renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com.
3: What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify?
2: All right, let's keep things rolling here. Uh, I was just talking with the Saints before the break. And that is the team we're going to come back to here. But I'm going to fade them. I'm sick of them. Colts, minus 1, minus 110 against the Saints. I will obviously watch that Thursday night football game. Um, I've been talking uh, on this podcast the past few weeks. The Saints' offense should be a lot better than what it is because on paper, they got weapons. They got Alvin Kamara. They got Chris Olave. They got Michael Thomas. They got Derek Carr, who's that shown flash as being a good quarterback in his career. But their offensive playbook... I don't know if it's the play calling, the playbook, or Derek Carr himself. But oh my god, that is the, the worst offense I've ever had to watch. They just dump it down to Kamara almost every play. And it doesn't look like they're designed. That's why most of them, like That's why he has like... Every game Kamara, since he's come back, is like 15 catches for 37 yards. Because they go for like 2 yards each. They're not designed... Plays to Kamara, I don't know if Derek Carr just doesn't want to get sacked and his O-line makes him spooked, so he just dumps it off to Kamara as soon as Kamara breaks through the line, but oh my god, that offense is painful to watch, I don't want to bet on them, please don't make me bet on the Saints. Also, the Colts, sneakily uh, a pretty frisky team this season. Eighth in the NFL in net yards per play, plus 0.4. They have had some turnover bad luck, uh, giving up 1.7 turnovers per game. If they can stop turning the ball over, and that might be asking a lot of Gardner Minshew, this Colts team is, is feisty. I'll take a minus 1 at minus 110 against the Saints. Eagles and Commanders, a rematch of a game from earlier this season. Where the Eagles and Commanders went to overtime. I do not think it'll go to overtime this this time around. I think the Eagles run away with it. I'll take a minus 6.5, minus 110 in Washington. Last week against the Dolphins, we saw the Eagles offense finally click. In some sense, at least their passing game really clicked. Uh, the Dolphins were able to shut down the run game. But this is once again a stylistic matchup nightmare for the Commanders. The Commanders can't stop the run. The Eagles are usually very good at running the football and love to do it. Uh, But mainly, we got the commander's offensive line, which is just atrocious, uh, going up against this Eagles pass rush. When they played earlier, I think it was in week four, uh, the Eagles got five sacks. I know that game ended up going to overtime, and people are going to bet the commanders uh, to cover the spread because of that fact. I will not fall for that trap. The, the Eagles are the far superior team. They seem to be clicking a little bit, at least if you take, um, uh, if you consider what they did against the Dolphins, if you think they can keep that momentum going. And this is a stylistic nightmare for the Commanders. So I will take the Eagles minus six and a half on the road against the Washington Commanders. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks, I'm slowly starting to be convinced the Seahawks might be. A true contender in the NFC right now if you were to ask me to rank the top teams in the NFC I'd go number one I'd still go 49ers one I'd go Eagles two I'd go Seahawks number three Uh, Cowboys no unfortunately my Falcons no and I know there are Lions fans out there who want the Lions to be ranked number three but I mean at the end of the day yeah sure I think the Lions and Seahawks are very comparable but they played against each other this season and the Seahawks won so It's it's very tough to make the argument for the Lions over the Seahawks at this point of the season, in my opinion. There are three-point favorites at home to the Cleveland Browns. I got a minus 102 for the juice. And you look at things like net yards per play, they're plus 0.8. That is fifth in the NFL in net yards per play. They're behind only the Dolphins, Ravens, 49ers, and Chiefs. And we know the Browns have an elite defense uh, still, even though Gardner Minshew kind of torched them this past week. Um, but they uh, run the football a lot. Actually, 46.21% of their offensive yards gained comes on the ground. That is the highest mark in the NFL. So no offense in the NFL gets a higher percentage of their yards through the run game than the Browns do. and now they take on the best run defense in the NFL. Seahawks are third in opponent yards per carry and first in opponent, or no sorry, third in both opponent yards per carry and opponent rush success rate um now i think i might have wrote wrote that note down wrong because i thought they were first in opponent rush success rate they are um and what are they are third in opponent yards per carry yes confirm that but first an opponent rush success rate a little typo in my notes uh, i do not uh proofread my notes before i start recording which is probably something i should start doing regardless my point still stands the browns get a ton of their offensive yards on the ground they now play uh the best run defense in my opinion in the Seahawks the Seahawks are obviously at home and also who knows what the hell is going on with the Browns offense Deshaun Watson looks terrible he doesn't even really look like he wants to play PJ Walker at least plays with heart but he doesn't have the talent of Deshaun Watson um i have no uh jerome ford i think is hurt now too like who's gonna run the football for them i guess is it just do they just hand it to cream hunt a hundred times a game i don't know i have no desire to bet on the browns right now i think this is a great spot for the seattle seahawks i'll take a minus three minus 102 i don't know if i brought up the little graphic there yet let me do it 49ers Bengals. you know which way i'm going baby give me the 49ers minus five and a half minus 105 let me just qu- quickly minimize myself here on video once again. Let me go back to this page, rbsdm.com slash stats. If you go to this section of it, you can see offense, defense. You can also see quarterbacks. Let, let me go to this. Now, I know Brock Purdy had- didn't have a great night on Monday night, so probably not a great time for me to go on a Brock Purdy rant. Um, but I'm going to anyways because and this goes back to the thing about people calling the bills frauds people calling the dolphins frauds um people say things without backing it up with metrics and this is something that a lot of people in sports media do which really annoys me listen maybe i'm kind of stuck up my own ass and taking myself too seriously here but listen i like to have a fun time i like to goof um, but at the end of the day, if I'm going to make an argument, I back it up with stats or at least I try to, there's people who make arguments that are the same arguments I hear from Bobby at the water cooler. Oh, Brock Purdy, Purdy's not actually a good quarterback. He's just a system quarterback. Any quarterback could play good in that system. You think any quarterback could have these kinds of metrics? If you're looking at the screen right now, uh, just because Kyle Shanahan's a good coach. If that was the case, why didn't Nick Mullen succeed with the 49ers? Why is Jimmy Garoppolo now in Las Vegas? Why is Trey Lance now in Dallas? Show me the metrics that Brock Purdy is not a good quarterback. Now, obviously, tonight's game against the Vikings wasn't a great example, especially at the end, a couple of bad interceptions, but let's look at his season-long numbers here. 111.9 rating, 77.6 QBR. These numbers I'm realizing now are not updated from tonight. Heading into tonight, he had had 10 touchdowns and one interception heading into tonight. So now one bad performance, and now we're dancing on the tables like we are right because because you said Brock Purdy's not a good quarterback because he has a couple of good receivers and a good running back. That just means anybody could be a good quarterback in that system, please. If you're going to come at me with arguments... You need to come at me with actual numbers and metrics that back them up. You can't just say things. You're supposed to be educated. If you work in sports media, you're supposed to come up with educated takes that have reasons behind them. Not the same takes I could hear from Bobby at the water cooler. This is coming from the guy that used to call Tom Brady a system quarterback. So... (laughs) Uh, I should shut up because, I mean, I'm sure I've had plenty of takes that have not had been backed up by any metrics whatsoever, like Tom Brady being a system quarterback. Uh, That was a fun one that I echoed for about 15 years. Regardless, let me get back to my, uh, let me get full screen me again here. 49ers minus 5.5 against the Bengals, minus 105. Um, The Bengals have not played well. As I can back up with metrics. Instead of just saying, oh, the record's not good. If they're a good football team, that would have a good record. Well, I actually think records are the worst way to evaluate a team. Instead, I'd rather look at the fact that the Bengals are 31st in the NFL in net yards per play, minus 1.4. Only the Giants have a worse net yards per play than the Bengals instead of rather look at the fact they're 26th in epa per play 18th in opponent epa per play now i will say if you were to convince me to bet on the Bengals this week it'd be that they had a bye week and that joe burrow got a lot more healthy and now that he's a lot more healthy he's going to be able to be a lot more mobile in the pocket and him being a lot more mobile is going to be able to wake up this offense which could certainly be true we could come next week and i could say hey joe burrow looks a lot more healthy looks like the joe burrow of old we need to start treating the Bengals like the 2022 version of the Bengals, not the 20 not the version we saw up to this point but until i see that i will not be betting on them so i'll go 49ers minus five and a half minus 105. hopefully they come out of their lull a little bit ravens cardinals ravens minus 108 ravens at minus eight and a half minus 108. i hope you invested in some ravens futures like i did this past week uh, before they played the lions Um, I said they're a very good team. Every single metric you look at proves that. Uh, Net yards per play. They're second in the NFL to only the Dolphins. Um, They're great in EPA per play. Um, Solid, at least offensively. I shouldn't say great up to this point. They are not great. Great defensively. uh, Solid offensively, but then against the Lions, they really took the next step. And I think I said last week, once they take the next step offensively, they're going to be a scary, scary football team. And that's exactly what happened they dominated the Lions. the yards per play i don't know if you guys looked at this but the yards per play in that game against lions was ravens 9.1 yards per play lions 4.7 oh boy if that ravens offense can keep humming they're gonna be dangerous team now they take on the cardinals who i think are now the worst team in the league they were frisky the first few weeks they upset the cowboys but their stats have fallen off a cliff net yards per play of minus one over their last three games their quarterback situation is, is a disaster. Kyler Murray might come back at some point, but even if he does, I think it might be even worse. Um, I, I I see no reason to bet on the Cardinals right now. They are not the same Cardinals we saw the first few weeks of the season. Ravens minus eight and a half, minus 108. Uh, this one's going to be a tough one for me to do. Uh, I'm going to take the Broncos plus eight against the Chiefs. Ah. Uh, Ah, not a fun one. Not a fun one. Um, I do think the Broncos have gotten better. They're not a good football team. I think they have played a lot better the past few weeks than they did the first few weeks of the season. And I think it's a good stylistic matchup for them. They can run the football. The Broncos are actually very good at running the football. They're averaging five yards per carry this season. Uh, i wonder where they are in rush success rate rush success rate they are not as good 16th so they're average in that rush epa they're 18th surprising uh the eye test and the and the yards per carry to me show that they have done a fairly good job of running the football uh this season five yards per carry is is you know no small feat um and the reason why i bring that up is because the chiefs have not done a good job of stopping the run that this this has been the biggest issue for the chiefs this season 30th in epa opponent epa per rush 26th in opponent yards per carry um and the broncos already run the ball ran the ball successfully against the chiefs getting five yards per carry just a couple weeks ago when these two teams played i think if the broncos lean on that a little bit more And run the ball and keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. Um, They are at home in this game as well. I think they can keep it within eight points. It's an ugly bet, I know. But I'll take Broncos plus eight, minus one ten against the Chiefs. Sunday night football, it is the Chargers, it is the Bears. I'll take the Chargers, minus eight and a half, minus one ten against the Chicago Bears. Now everything in me wants to bet on the Chargers. Or sorry, wants me to bet against the Chargers so there's the gut feeling i'm once again not listening to because the chargers have statistically been one of the worst teams in the nfl everything everything you want to look at especially defense, they they might be the worst defense of all time they can't stop anyone but they might be able to stop a division two quarterback tyler bajant 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 uh, he will once again be starting for the Bears after the solid performance last week against the Raiders. People are now going to bet on the Bears. They like a good story, but this is not the Bears or this is not the Raiders he's playing against on a Sunday afternoon game. This is Sunday Night Football in Los Angeles. These are bright lights uh, for the young kid from Shepherd University. It very it is very possible that you'll be halfway through the game on Sunday Night Football saying, "Why did I bet on Tyson Bajent? On Sunday Night Football, f- hailing from Shepherd University. I'm not gonna fall for that trap. It might. It's it, if if I'm right, it's gonna seem so obvious in hindsight. Yeah, the Chargers' defense stinks, but they're going up against an undrafted rookie from Shepherd University. Also, the Bears' defense stinks. They can't stop anyone. They can't defend the pass. Justin Herbert, at the very least, should have a very big game through the air against the Bears. I don't think Tyson Bagent can keep up with them I think this is a game people are going to overthink. They're going to bet on the Bears because they like this young buck. They like a good story, and I think it's going to blow up in their face. I'll take the Chargers, minus 8.5, minus 110 on Sunday Night Football. Uh, Final one, Monday Night Football, Raiders-Lions. Now, this one is a little bit of a tricky one. Um, Because in terms of my argument for why I'm betting on the Raiders, um, stylistically, I actually don't really have a lot of backing for this um unfortunately i just kind of had to be a sports better uh, in this spot and i'll explain why now i don't place my bets until monday night before i start recording every not everybody knows that you should know that if, if you listen to this podcast by the time i place my bet on monday night most sports books have the lines for the game set at relatively the same number give or take half a point uh, you, it might be and like I said, for Road to 272 bets, I can only use regulated New York books. That includes points Bet, Caesars, Bet MGM, Bet Rivers, uh, DraftKings, FanDuel. I think that's it. Seven. So I'm limited to those seven. So looking at those seven, you might get half a point difference here or there. You might get a minus 105 against a minus 110. For some reason, for this Raiders Lions game, Um and I'm gonna bring up my Bet Stamp account here on my page. I just want to make sure there's nothing here that I shouldn't be showing. No, I don't think so. This is a big this is a big video episode, people. Here's the bet stamp um odds available. Now I have it set so you can see all sports books. Most of these aren't relevant for the road to 272 rules. But let's look at the New York regulated regulated ones. FanDuel, eight and a half. 8.5 were the Raiders juice to minus 115. DraftKings, 8. Bet Rivers, 8. BetMGM all the way down to 7.5. Caesars, 8. So all of these books, all either somewhere right between 7.5 and, and 8.5. Eight and Points bet for some reason. And I've never seen this, but placing bets on Monday night for next week's football games. I've never seen this big of a discrepancy. Points bet for some reason has the Raiders at plus nine and a half that is as big of uh as big of a gap as who has the M that's 2 full points different from betmgm i don't think i've ever seen that betting on the nfl by much- now maybe opening lines you might see that but even these sports books don't set the opening lines they steal lines from market setting sports books like pinnacle but Monday night placing the bet, I've never seen a full two-point swing. Now, this that is still the current line. I, I bet that line tonight, right before I started recording, at plus nine and a half of points bet. The large majority of the time, I break down bets on the show, friends. I like to give reasons. But at the end of the day, I'm a sports better, And if you find an outlier line somewhere, you kind of have to just bet it. Now, I'll say on the flip side, if you want to bet on the Lions... Go to bet MGM, get them at seven and a half. Certainly do not bet them at at points, bet at nine and a half. Bet them at DraftKings, minus eight. Bet three, six, five, minus eight. Not available in New York, unfortunately. My point is I know that I'm supposed to evaluate these teams and I do 99.99% of the time. As I'm trying to, there we go. Let me bring myself back up to full screen. But if I see an outlier line on one of the seven sports books I, I can bet on, I have to take the outlier line. I'll take the plus nine and a half on the Raiders. That's a crazy line. I said, I thought the spread was set at about right at the other numbers. Eight, eight and a half. Seems about right. I was probably going to bet the total. I was probably going to bet the under. I don't love that the Raiders look like they're starting Brian Hoyer again. Certainly don't like that. Like Aiden O'Connell, much better. But this is an outlier line. I don't know why PointsBet has them at plus nine and a half. If you're listening to this on Tuesday morning, you might still get it as well. Maybe by the end of the week, maybe every book's going to be at nine and a half. Maybe PointsBet was just just ahead of the curve. So I don't really have a huge analytical breakdown for this. Um, I think the Raiders might be able to throw the ball against the Lions secondary. They look kind of vulnerable against the Ravens. I'm sorry. I wish I had a better explanation, but maybe this is a maybe this is a good uh, lesson, a sports betting lesson. Sign up for as many sports books as you can, and sometimes you can find outlier lines. And if the market, if you know ninety percent of the market, ninety five percent of the market, says the line should be a seven and a half to an eight and a half point favorite, and you have a nine and a half line out there, you got to take the nine and a half on the underdog. Am I making sense? Am I rambling? Did you understand what I was saying five minutes ago? But I just keep repeating myself. I like the Raiders at nine and a half. Sorry. I think the line set right at eight and eight and a half. If you give me nine and a half, I'm gonna take the Raiders. On the flip side of that, if you gave me like a Lions if I, if there's like a Lions minus six and a half out there, I'd take that. I'm not picky. Wherever I think the value is on the outlier line, I'll take it. In this case is the Raiders. To the Lions fan who emailed this week, me this past week, getting mad at me because I bet on the Ravens. Sorry. Send me another email. Love to hear from you. Also, complete side note. I think one of you guys said hi to me on the street in New York a couple weeks ago. It was early in the morning. I was walking home uh, with my sister just from the bagel spot. And a guy said, hi, Ian, as I, as I cross the street in Hell's Kitchen. But he didn't say it very confidently, and it took me like 15 seconds to realize what he said, and then I turned around and then it was he was too far away, and then I it was just too late. So if you said hi to me in Hell's Kitchen at like eight in the morning two weeks ago, hello. I'm sorry I didn't say hi back. I didn't mean to. I'm not a dick, I promise. (sighs) We gotta wrap the show. It's got it's gone off the rails. That is my best bet for every game this week. Let me go ahead and recap all of them. I'll then give you my best bets and um, my teaser and survivor. Uh, So, Bills, minus 8.5, minus 110 against the Buccaneers. Rams, plus 230 against the Cowboys. Falcons, minus 2, minus 110 against the Titans. Dolphins, minus 9, minus 110 against the Patriots. Vikings, plus 100 against the Packers. Panthers, plus 130 against the Texans jets versus giants over 36 and a half minus 110 jaguars minus two and a half minus 112 against the steelers colts minus one minus 110 against the saints eagles minus six and a half uh minus 110 at the commanders seahawks minus three minus 102 against the browns 49ers minus five and a half minus 105 against the Bengals. ravens minus eight and a half minus 108 against the cardinals broncos plus eight minus 110 against the chiefs Chargers minus eight and a half, minus one ten against the Bears and Raiders. Plus nine and a half, minus one ten against the Lions. Uh, my best bets this week, my five best bets, and I should do up my record for what my best bets for record is for the season. Uh, I should have done that. I didn't. My best bets this week are Bills minus eight and a half against the Bucks, Rams plus six and a half against the Cowboys. Vikings plus one against the Packers Seahawks minus three against the Browns and 49ers minus five and a half against the Bengals so Bills Rams Vikings Seahawks 49ers Bills Rams Vikings Seahawks 49ers are my best bets this week my teaser uh, my teasers have been hot let's go let's tease the Ravens down from minus eight and a half to minus two and a half very obvious teaser leg we're crossing the key numbers of both uh, 7 and 3. And we are going to do Dolphins from minus 9 down to minus 3. So crossing the key number of 7 and taking it to the key number of 3. So for my teaser of the week about Ravens minus 2.5 against Cardinals. Dolphins minus 3 against the Patriots. Survivor, if you are still alive in your Survivor pool, congratulations. You are a better man than me. Um, my Survivor picks this week... Is if you want an obvious one, it is the Chargers against the Bears. I'd be shocked if this D2 guy from Shepard University shows up in the bright lights and Oak duels Justin Herbert on Sunday Night Football. And I do not trust the Chargers against any other team in the NFL, so I'll take the Chargers against the Bears. If we want a sneaky pick, I think the Colts against the Saints. You're not going to use the Colts in very many spots this season, and the Saints offense um, makes me feel physically ill. There you have it. This has been the NFL Week 8 episode of the Bacon Bets Podcast. The road to 272 bets continues. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Like the video. Rate and review the podcast. All that good stuff. Um, Gambler bless. Good luck with all your bets this week. Um, Let's get back on the winning side of things. Good luck. I love you all. And I'll talk to you all next week when the road to 272 bets